It's not so, true, man. I mean, it'll be a fun episode, but it's kind of like as far away from old school as possible because you moved to a a, uh, a state of emergency. <laughs> so if it sounds a little bit different, Justin moved to Texas, and yeah. we are not in the same room anymore. So it's kind of weird, and it's going to take some getting used to, and it's going to be a You're transition. So yeah. It's going to be a transitioning period for all of us and you listening. But we're going to get through it, and it's going to be nice. So episode 98, how has everyone been? It's been a, it's been like a couple weeks since we've all done an episode. It's true. It has. I'm doing fine. Uh, busy as usual. Ready to, I'm ready to do some, some SOB in. Yeah. True that. I just got, I've just been busy myself, so it feels like... Not a whole lot has actually changed. It's just been kind of like this kind of monotony, just kind of the same thing every day, you know? So and usually for us, we get super busy in the summertime. And then once fall comes around, it's we're, we're putting out episodes of Channel on Batman and Lords of Film once a week. So, hey, whatever happened to Lords of Film? What's that? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So let's get right into it. So who wants to start first with um, their two or three least favorite Batman animated films. You want to take a stab at I'll, it? I'll do one because I have one that I bet you two don't have. Um, hey, one of them... I, I'm already pretty sure we have some very similar picks. At least me and Justin do. <laughs> um, I, I have a Batman Animal Instinct as a film that I do not care for. Uh, animated film. Um, it's really strange. It's re- I watched it once with my kid and like turning into animals and it's just it's funky. Um I don't have you guys seen it? I've never I, even heard of it. Good good don't don't see it. Don't save yourself. Um it's like the animation's not good, the acting's not good, the story's not good. It's just not good. So Is that a Kevin Conroy Batman one? Um, I have to look. I can't even remember. Kyle is Where Kyle. Where did this even come from? <laughs> are you Are you looking at it? Yeah, I'm just like really confused. Like where this came from? Yeah, it's the it's Roger Craig Smith. That's why it's one of the other Batman guys. Uh, John DiMaggio's Killer Croc in it. That's kind of cool. He's good. John DiMaggio's Bender in uh in in Futurama. And he's Joker in the Batman. I yeah, I think you're right. And uh, yeah, it's 
it's just not good. <laughs> it's just not good, guys. So yeah, that that's one of them. And then I know the other one I have is one that someone else already has. So I'll let someone else go. Well, Will Friedle is Nightwing in that one, so that's kind of cool, I guess. No. <laughs> I mean, it's a good thought, but no. <laughs> Uh, do you want to do you want to go through another your other least favorite or do you want Kyle to take? Uh, my what the, my other least favorites on your list I know for sure so I'll let you get to it but like, yeah what what do you have Kyle you have anything we might not? All right so well the answer to that is probably no but oh. the first one I had on my list is one that we actually talked about very recently and it was uh, unfortunately the brand new Batman and Harley Quinn movie yeah that just very inconsistent. I didn't really like the tone they was having at times. The animation was not up to par. The story and writing were just very, very disappointing. That's that's really all I can say. It's just it could have been so much better. Any other ones, Kyle? I'm Love pretty it. sure my number one is on your is, list. Is your and it's one the one that I have too. Yeah. So who wants right, to talk so about that? My 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 second least favorite um, Batman animated film is going to be the same as Kyle. It's Batman and Harley Quinn, uh, a movie that was disjointed from the beginning. Like it started off pretty strong, but then it kind of like got muddy, like really muddy, really quickly. Um, obviously, I love Lauren Lester, Kevin Conroy. Not a big fan of the new Harley Quinn. Uh, like her voice was just a little too far out there for me. The action was. At, was mediocre at best. Um, there were weird scenes where they went to like a bar to kind of like chat. And there was like a fight, and like it didn't really. There was like singing. There was like two like musical numbers. Like I didn't even make it to the end um, because I just I couldn't I couldn't handle it anymore. Like it's not like bad and Robin bad, but it's just like I have other things I'd much rather be doing than sitting through another 20, 15, 20 minutes of whatever it is I'm watching. Um, so, yeah, Batman and Harley Quinn. Do you want me to jump into my my number one least favorite, or do you guys want to do a round? Well, it's the same as ours, so. So, um, my my least favorite Batman animated film is The Killing Joke. Yep. A, a book that... Um, by uh, Alan Moore, which is you know a pretty classic take on the Joker origin story. It's kind of a staple in like yeah. the 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 reading, like the must the must reads of the Batman lore. Like you have to read the Killing Joke, it, and the way that they translated it to animated film was a big letdown. Because they added stuff that wasn't necessarily needed to be added, and the stuff that they added didn't really service the overall plot, like the love story between Bruce and Barbara Gordon didn't make much, like, it just that love story felt forced when it's worked so well in so many different other mediums, um, especially the animated series, a number of times that we've seen that kind of take off and take place. But uh, Batman pretty much sleeps with her and then, like, kind of just, like, brushes her off. And it was just, like... Weird. It was just a bizarrely made film of a classic Batman story from Alan Moore. Um, I don't understand what, like, obviously Mark Hamill's back, which was awesome. Kevin Conroy's back. I didn't care for the costumes. I know they were trying to really stick to 
of that look, that milieu that they, that Alan Moore and uh, I think was it Brian Bull. I don't remember who was the artist on that one, but uh, but I did. I just it didn't feel like I was. It, it, there was just something off with. It. I don't know if I can put my finger on it exactly what it is, but it was just a huge disappointment because you have that book that just sits up there. As like Tom said, it's like one of the staples. It's one of the things. Like if you were to try to bring someone into Batman, it'd probably be the Killing Joke or the Dark Knight Returns. Pick pick the two. Or you know, hey, you don't want to read a book? Here's the animated series. But it's one of those things that you kind of bring to uh, try to bring people to Batman. But it just failed so miserably. It didn't work for me. And. Sorry, I, I've said enough. You, you guys want. You look so. You look so worked up, buddy. Yeah, I, I'm a little. You're so upset. It's it's okay. It was it was just a bad animated movie. We're gonna we're gonna be all right. I don't. We will we will move on. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have a lot more to add. You kind of nailed all of it. Um, it was a big letdown. I remember being excited for it. There was a big build up to it. You know, like we're gonna see it's R rated animated film and it's gonna be it's gonna be like gory and it's gonna be dark and i mean it was dark you know but it just it didn't it didn't it didn't do right by the original story at all so were you excited because it was kevin connor it was back and mark hamill yeah yeah that's that's the voice of batman and the voice of joker like it's that's essential they're they're the ones and it was exciting, and I remember us speaking about Killing Joke when it came out on a podcast before, and, like, Kevin Conroy kind of doesn't really have it like he used to when it comes to being Batman. I remember we all spoke about it, and it, it was just kind of like one of those letdowns that let you down in more ways than one. And I won't watch it again, though. I won't do that to myself, that's for sure. I agree with you, Kyle. Jump on it. <laughs> yeah, for, for me personally, I found the the biggest thing with the movie that was kind of bothering me was the fact that they had that prequel that was focused mainly on Barbara Gordon. If they had just stuck to exactly what was in the book, sure, it would have been pretty short for a full-length movie, but it would have at least been like an actual adaptation, like the way the Dark Knight Returns animated movie was, in a way. like It's basically from the page exactly what happened. But that, that they didn't do that. They added on trying to trying to fill out the backstory some more, and it kind of just led to this weird character interaction that didn't really make any sense. And then that leads into the movie, and you just kind of the movie actually starts and did have this weird awkward feeling where like something's just not right here, you know? It was kind of unnecessary. And then yeah, everything else you guys said still applies to the movie in general. Um, were you excited for? this movie like Tom was because you had the two huge marquees of Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy or were you just excited because well I kind of like this book I'm kind of like they've kind of can I hit a home run with Dark Knight Returns so here's another chance to for for them to do that again were you well, yeah, yeah I'd say that the voice talent is definitely something that drew my interest initially I'm I'm not really that nostalgic for the actual Killing Joke book, so I could kind of I could actually I don't I can't really care less I couldn't care less what actually happened as far as that went, but yeah, um, like Tom said, 
it just felt like maybe Kevin Conrad was isn't quite up to what he used to be able to do. Like he sounded a little bit off. Uh, Mark Hamill was great as always, so I can't really complain about his performances too much. Although, again, you know, I would I definitely wouldn't mind having more of him in it. Okay, so let's get to some fans. I I posted on Twitter. I said, "Hey, we're gonna do this. If you have a favorite D- DC animated Batman film, you know, let's hear it." So the first one's up from DCEU Society at DCU underscore Society. They actually just asked us if we'd be uh, a guest or do a crossover with them. So we'll do that for sure. Best DC animated movie for me is Justice League War. Uh, from Matt to Ace of Knaves. Um, he, let's see if he... Um, my favorites are Mass of the Phant- Phantasm, Under the Red Hood, and Return of the Cape Crusaders. Mm. Very good. Very good picks there. Um, from Ulysses Batman at Class Ulysses. Well, mine are Justice League War, Justice League Animated Series, Justice League Doom. I don't think I've seen Justice League Doom before. Young Justice, Batman Animated Series, Superman Animated Series, Justice League Crisis on Two Earths. I don't think I've seen Crisis on Two Earths. Good good choices, though. Um, Evan Golding at King of Nerds. Under the Red Hood. I hate Return of the Joker because of what it did to Tim. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Um. Flying Rodent Man at Flying Rodent Man. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. In my opinion, the best non-live-action superhero movie ever made. Yeah. All right. From Ben slash the DC TV show at the DC TV show. Justice League Dark or the Mask of the Phantasm. So far, a lot of Mask of the Phantasm. Frank Lauren Yesens. Um, sorry if I completely messed that one up, sir. Um, my favorites are Batman Mask of the Phantasm, Batman Year One, The Dark Knight Returns, Gotham Knight, Batman Return of the Cape Crusaders. Um, let's see if we have any else. Hamish Dwyer at Hamish Dwyer. Return of the Joker is arguably my all-time favorite. Any chance of a big segment one-off special on that plus Batman Beyond? Well, I'm sure we'll get to that one tonight for sure. Um, <laughs> Um, from Andrew Keese at Drew Keese, not only my favorite animated Batman movie, but my favorite Batman movie, period, The Dark Knight Returns. Let's see if that is Gabe McNamara at Gabe N. No, I screwed that up. Sorry, Gabe. At Gabe M. Nakamura. Sorry, sir. Mask of the Phantasm, the Lego Batman movie, Under the Red Hood, Return of the Joker, Justice League Doom, Superman vs. the Elite. Have not seen that one. I hear it's amazing. And Batman Year One. And that might be it. Let me scroll up just a little bit more. Um, okay, there is one more actually from Nathan Drake at Geeky Blinder. Hard question. Think I would go with Year One. Love Cranston Gordon. Shame we couldn't get him in live action for the DCEU. I agree with you. Grizzle. For sure. So let's get to our favorite. So what, I think what we're going to do is, you know, kind of list, go through our, like, uh, five through three, and then the top two, we're going to kind of go more in depth with it. I'm sure we're going to have, like, no one knows. I think Tom might know my favorites. No, I wasn't I listening to you. So um, God, let's start with Kyle. Let's start with your top you're five through three, if you will, sir. Five through three. So, sounds like a plan here. So my number five pick was 
the kind of inspired, it was kind of inspired by the Court of Owls uh, comic series, and that is the Batman versus Robin movie. Nice. Yeah. I was actually quite a big fan of that. Like, I just found it to be very fun. I don't really like Damien as a character, but he was tolerable for me in that movie, which is kind of an accomplishment. <laughs> um, like I said, I, I love the Court of Owls, but actually seeing them in like an animated movie just had me really excited. So went into that movie with high expectations, and it really didn't disappoint. I, it lived up to everything I thought it would be. And they had that awesome scene where uh, Nightwing and pulls the cave over and punches Robin. I almost forgot about that part, but yeah, that's a that's a fantastic scene. Um, my number four pick, it's probably the newest, one of the newer ones that you're going to see here. It's uh, the Lego Batman movie. Ooh, good, good choice. Yes, that was hilarious. I love Legos, and it basically just built on everything that the Lego movie was, but with more Batman in it. So, again, another one I was very satisfied with. And then my number three pick was Batman Under the Red Hood. Nice. Uh, it's the classic tale of Jason Todd and his turn to the dark side, so, to, you, know, so you could say. Uh, very tragic, but beautiful animation, just very solidly written. Uh, definitely one of the most enjoyable of the movies. You guys know what Jason Todd's favorite band was? Oh, no. Oh. Crowbar. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say something. Jason Todd did turn this. It was a Sith Lord. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Uh, number my number five. Uh, Justin yelled at somebody for picking it before, but Justice League War. Batman is a main character in that film. I didn't yell at anyone. Shh. <laughs> we're sorry. Uh, no, Justice League War um, it is a story of how the Justice League forms. It's a different kind of origin story of the Justice League. And it really focuses a lot on uh, Cyborg and Shazam. But Batman is the main, like, the main, the main guy taking out the stuff that other people couldn't. Like, he's normal Batman in the shadows, but I just, I really like the way that it was directed. I really like the way that it, the story goes and it all comes together. Everybody kind of hates each other in the beginning. And by the end they work as a team and the league forms and hooray. But that's my number five. Um, number four for me is going to be Batman assault on Arkham. The, mm. uh, the classic, the classic prison break. Arkham Asylum break, get the prison out, or get the prison, get the Joker out of prison. Uh, incredible. Every, like, man, if they could just make, we've said it before, if they could just make a live action assault on Arkham and just put Suicide Squad 2 on that, they would make all of the money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> number three for me is a Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, love Batman Beyond. And to get the Joker in back in that universe in the form of the film, it's, uh, it's incredible. And that is some of... That is some of uh, Mark Hamill's best voice work as a Joker, in my opinion. And Kevin Conroy's Bruce Wayne, like old man Bruce, is to die for. It's it's an all around amazing story. It's all done. It's all done perfect in the modern Batman Beyond time. So 
I, that's that's my three right there. So number five for me, the Lego Batman movie. Nice. Just came out a couple months ago. Had like a personal connection to that movie because we've obviously talked with Chris McKay. Um, great guy. Huge Batman fan. Knows the world of Batman. And I'm really excited to see his Nightwing. Um, the Lego Batman movie just kind of like takes every aspect of Batman that we all love and just was able to find a way to kind of morph it into this amazing um this amazing what was it, like an hour and 45 minute funny batman movie with action and heart and soul and to see all that kind of like being brought into place you know like the words i'm giving it don't even really do it justice it's such a well-made film it was you know surprised i don't i, I guess Warner, maybe Warner brothers wasn't you know, wasn't really looking that it would be such a huge hit. Everyone would love it across the board, but it's just amazing. Hit everything that we love about the character and just kind of like added a few little spokes to the wheel. Um, so Will Arnett was amazing. Really loved Rafe Fiennes' uh, role as Alfred. Uh, a lot of good stuff. And Michael Sarah as, was it Michael Sarah as yeah. Robin? Yep. Yeah. So. No, it was Jesse Eisenberg's hair. There we go. Um, number four, Batman Under the Red Hood. Uh, yes. You know, Brandon Vietti really hit this hit this film out of the park. Um, really, you know, one of the most poignant, uh, satisfyingly like action-packed animated films that we've ever seen. You know, Red Hood takes out all like the Gotham gang members and kind of like makes it his own town and everything and just so it's so well written well put together well paced and like that ending scene just always just grabs you by the heartstrings you know it has that like flashback of you know what happened with you know that flashback of young young jason todd like his first days as batman you know this is my best day ever or something whatever yeah this is the best day of my life yeah and that brings up to my number three, which is uh, A Dark Knight Returns. I didn't think they could ever do that that uh, graphic novel justice, but Jay Lee would just hit that, hit it out of the stratosphere, out of the galaxy. He he, what he does with that film is so amazing. My only issue with it is I wish that they would have packaged it as one giant three-hour film instead of having it in two parts. <laughs> But, you know, they got to make their money, too. So I understand all, what that's all about. But, you know, great. I, at first, I wasn't a big fan of Peter Weller's uh, voice work as uh, Bruce Wayne, crusty old Bruce Wayne and Batman. But kind of grew on me. Uh, the guy who plays the Joker, he's he's okay. He's definitely creepy. But just to see, like, Batman fighting the mutants in, like, the mud like that happening and then the very end where batman and uh, superman go at it and he you know wires himself up to the city and you just see all that that uh that's you know that amazing action so great film i might actually watch that tonight because it's so good um good old swastika nipples <laughs> yeah son so who wants to start with their top two top deuce well, let Kyle go. He started last time, so... I can do that. All right, so, without further ado, my number two pick is Batman Assault on Arkham. Nice. 
I that was it was actually kind of like my first exposure to the whole Suicide Squad aspect of the DC universe. And man, what what a way to actually like get introduced to some of these characters. They just come in, they're in your face, but very lovable at the same time. Super well animated movie. Um, I think the ending is maybe not too great. Like it's a little cliche, but that doesn't bother me too much just because like everything leading up to that point is highly enjoyable and it's some of the best action sequences that have been put to animation so far for the DC movies, I believe. Agreed. So what was there something, because I don't think it's, that's a Kevin Conroy one as well, isn't it? Like Kevin Conroy does the voice of Batman, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Not a hundred percent sure. Um, so the the voice acting was that something that really put you know because a lot of these films you know live or die by the voice acting was the voice acting something that you kind of really shined for you with this film? Not particularly. I, that's most movies I would actually you know look at like okay yeah the, the voice acting was great in this but if I saw an Arkham I, I can't necessarily say that but none of it was bad. There was nothing that really stood out to me. It just kind of was there and did what it needed to do. Um, Maybe not, the, maybe not the best argument for my number two slot with some maybe with something like that, but um, it was it's definitely not like the selling point for me when it comes to the movie. So here here's the cast of characters: Kevin Conroy is obviously Batman, Neil McDonough is Deadshot, Hayden Walsh, Hayden Walsh is Harley Quinn, Matthew Gray, uh, Gubbler Riddler, Troy Baker the uh, the Joker, CCH Pounder from the Shield, Kyle yep. is Amanda Waller. Uh, so on and so forth. It was written by Jay Oliva. I'm sorry. It was written by James Tucker, directed by Jay Oliva and Ethan Spalding. And it, it's one of the more recent. came out in to, uh, 2014 at San Diego Comic-Con. And then it was released uh, on August 12th, it looks like. So just, I, I agree with, like, there's so many great ones. I wish this would have made it the top two for me, but it just, you know, was there you said that the action really worked well for you was there an action sequence or a moment that really kind of shined or jumped out for you uh the most standout one would probably be uh, the warehouse scene <laughs> we've heard that one before but no, like, <laughs> the part where they're like in the big storage area and every like all the villains are finding their unique items their iconic items like harley gets her hammer i think there's some guns and stuff gunshot uh, not gunshot but shot there <laughs> Bang, bang. <laughs> uh, but, like, yeah, they're, like, all getting their items, and as soon as they're, like, fully equipped, equipped, that's when Batman shows up, and there's just, like, this big brawl happens. Um, especially the, like, one-on-one -on -one between Batman and... Uh, who's who's that one guy? The uh, Black... Black Mask? Black, no, like Black Mamba, the, the other assassin guy. I think it is his name, but there's the other assassin guy. He Batman and him have, like, a one-on-one. -on -one. And it, they try to make it look like maybe Batman actually lost there, but it was kind of just a, a ruse for later on. Black Spider? Was that it? Black Spider? So I, I'm, I'm on Wikipedia right now, making sure. It, it might have been Black Spider. Um, You're yeah, making me feel bad. What was that? I, he's making me feel bad for having a Sultan Arkham so low on my list. It's your list, man. Do what you want. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, man. Um... Do you want to do? I mean, that's Kyle. Tom, go with your number two. My number two was a lower in your guys's list. Uh, Lego Batman for me. Um, Lego Batman for I it probably holds more personal to me. It was the first movie I took my kid to, 
So he was super pumped about that, and I've watched it probably like six to ten times more after that because I own it and it's his favorite movie but it's like I still laugh at it I've seen it that many times and when I watch it I still laugh at it and I still get into it it still grabs me in the feels and I think 10 years from now I could put that in the player and still laugh at it like I do today uh, I think it's going to withstand the test of time as far as like Batman movies go. And it's got a piece of every Batman in it. like All the way back to Adam West, it's got a piece of Batman in it. So that's definitely going to hold number two for me. It, it's, a, it's, it's a special one for me. Um, Plus, you know, we, we have that relationship with Chris. So one day you can tell your kid, hey, that movie. Well, yeah, it was, cool. it was cool to talk to him for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, now you what? I was going to ask you a question about it. Question. Mind, question me. Um, wait, did it kind of live up to the hype for you? Because I remember, I don't think, were you there with us when we saw, when we saw it? No, I went separately than you guys. I went the next morning. Uh, yeah, no, it lived up to the hype for me. I was pumped going into it, and I, I laughed like a little kid the whole time I watched it. And I talked about it for a couple weeks after I went to the theater. Like, I, I, I would have went and seen it again had I have had a chance to. It definitely lived up to the hype. Man playing the guitar. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was it was funny. I, Batman doing all... Will Arnett... Will Arnett's like a close number two to voice actor as Batman, I think. He's got... His distinction between Bruce Wayne and Batman is perfect. And I know it's a Lego, but every time I'm like, it's so per every time he does it, it's just it's so perfect. It, it, the way his the way he phrases stuff and he gets the uh just like the kind of just the dim-witted guy, not like stupid, but just dim-witted. The way he plays it, it's he's incredible. He's number 2 voice actor to Kevin Conroy for me. Um that opening sequence when they're on the plane, yeah. That, seeing that it was kind of like a bond, like an opening to a bond action. But what did you think about that? Because it's kind of like they kind of play it tongue in cheek, right? Like they're like, oh, hopefully no one ever could do all these, but you know, like what did you think of that at the, at the beginning that kind of opened the film? It was, it was like it was just a lot of stuff going on, and I think it worked really well because it really showed you it showed you what that movie was all about in the beginning it was just like explosions and building and funny jokes and something stupid happens and then it gets fixed and then boom save the day it's good to go like it's everything that that movie was for the hour and 45 or whatever it was they wrapped it up in that opening sequence and it really it did a great job of showing what you were in for i thought um now there's a lot of like superhero cameos in that film you know you see superman you see batgirl you see uh you know condiment king all was there was there a uh, a other than like the bat family was there a superhero cameo that you enjoyed the most or the kind of like all kind of blended together for you? I really enjoy and I, I can't, I'm not even going to look up a list right now, but I really enjoyed seeing all of the, uh, like the really obscure old 
like 60s characters like I, said, I just said condiment king like that that was i mean that was a real villain in the batman universe way back like all all those villains that they named off and laughed about in the movie are real villains if you were to get your hands on the old books so like the way that they they were true to the stories of the past and you know I, who's who's gonna see I, they use calendar man like they, just all of them it that was it was really cool it was really really cool do you have anything left to say about the lego batman movie until or are you kind of like said all you had to say i think we've said it we, we we've all we all brushed on it and it's it's if you haven't seen it go get it it's it's hilarious you'll love it it's it'll be a it's, good night yeah make some popcorn get some candy you know yeah enjoy. so now it's time where i get to drop my number two hard <laughs> so so number two for me is batman beyond return of the joker uh, both versions of that film are just absolutely fantastic. If you don't know, uh, there was an, there was a, a mandate from the studio saying that the killing of the Joker by a young kid, you know, wasn't you know wasn't you know good for this film. They they actually thought about not releasing it because of that, and so they had to re-edit the film. And even that re-edit still works, still holds up. But do I prefer, you know, the darker take because it was the Paul Dini's original uh, story, his original script that really, you know, just resonates for me. There's so much action. There's such a good story. You know, at one point, you know, uh, Terry and Bruce are in the back cave talking and, you know, Terry goes and says something like, you know, he was the biggest one, wasn't he? And Bruce like, it was never, it was never a popularity contest or it was never a competition. And Terry's trying to understand what it is about this this Joker that really has plagued Bruce for so many years. And at one point, a little bit further on, you know, Terry and Bruce are in the back cave again. They're arguing about it. It might even been the, kind of the same scene. It's been a little bit since I've seen him. But uh, Bruce pretty much, you know, says, you're not Batman anymore. You've never f faced a villain like this. You've never gone up against the Joker. You know, the Joker, Joker will take, you know, anything that you hold dear and just, you know, destroy it. Like, he, he, he's basically saying, like, everything I've held to, you know, close to myself has been destroyed by this person. You know, he's been a, he's just been a thorn in my side that just will never go away. You know, I, I won't break my, you know, break my rule, but, you know, it's just such a... And so Terry just drops the bat suit by the wayside and uh he kind of like walks away from being batman and it wasn't until you know older barbara gordon kind of like talks to him and tells him like and we go on that backstory of what happened to jason todd you know it's such a such a moving movie such a such a movie that makes you think about you know should batman have broke his one rule should he have gone to that side to save, to save Jason from murdering, and it also makes you question, um, you know, why why would Batman allow Jason to you know to kind of pull the trigger? And at the same time, 
know, Batman kind of divorced himself from Jason. No, it wasn't Jason. It was it was Tim Drake. It, it, was, Tim, it was Tim Drake, yeah. I keep saying Jason Todd. I don't know why, but it was Tim Drake. Someone um, clearly has a favorite Robin now. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, like, Bat Bruce divorced himself from Tim. And, you know, he crossed that line. And because of it, it ruined that, that relationship that he had with that, you know, that with Tim. So, you know, there's other things that I really enjoy about it, like the action. I love it when Mark Hamill goes bat thick. Like, that to me is just classic Mark Hamill, kind of like, kind of like brought everything that, you know, to, as in like one, like, kind of like all the loose ends and all kind of like made it and meshed that together well. But I really love the ending where, you know, Terry, Terry laughs at the Joker, something that Bruce would never do. And it kind of, it kind of like pisses off the Joker so much where he struggles to kind of like stay focused on the job at hand. So it was a, such a good movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the only issue I really have with it is like this, the weird pseudoscience of, you know, there's like that little, the Joker downloaded something to this little, you know, like, I wouldn't say it was like a USB, like a little thing that he put on Tim Drake's neck. It was like that. Other than that, like such a good movie. Paul Dini had his, you know, worked on really amazing film. So, uh, Kyle, do you want to drop uh, number one? I'll drop the number one bomb here. That's, that's fine, by, fine by everybody listening in. Uh, but my pick for number one is the very same one I'm repping to my shirt right now. Nice. It's Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Nice. I had to put this up in number one just because there's so much that that movie does right in my book, especially the, the kind of the flashback scene where you see the transformation of Tim Drake into like the miniature Joker in a sense. And just like, how then that is later paralleled with like his transformation into the the full grown Joker as a as a spoiler there, and just like the entire early part of the scene, like where Batman shows up, he's confronting the Joker, the Joker's monologue, it's all so so like Batman, like it's the the heart and like essentially what the their kind of differences are like all culminated into one scene. And, like, you could just release that as a standalone scene, and it would probably still be number one on my list, honestly, just this that little short segment there. But then around it, you have the entire Batman Beyond storyline and the, like, handing of the torch from Bruce Wayne down to Terry McGinnis. It is Terry's journey, his, his growth into eventually taking on the suit, taking on the cowl, and become the new Batman since Bruce Wayne can no longer do it. it it's just... Like the definitive introduction to my favorite Batman animated series, which is Batman Beyond, and for that I love it. The, the, I kind of went on this long kind of like spiel about you know the, those major see, scenes where, um, where you know Barbara's giving the 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 flashback. If those scenes were taken out or removed. Would the, do you think that movie would have hit home for you as much as it did with them in? Probably not nearly as much. Um, at that point, like I probably would not have put it number one if it had was if it was missing that. Uh, but it's because of that where like the whole thing comes together and it's just kind of elevated to a new level. Now the controversy that surrounded, like I said, was the that the studio deemed that the killing of the Joker by Tim Drake, I don't know why I said Jason Todd, I'll never live that one down. Um, 
was deemed too violent. And so they had to re-edit the film. Now, what what is your opinion on the two edits of the movies? Do they both hold up for you? Is there one that you enjoy more than the other? What do you think about all that? Well, it's no surprise that sometimes the higher-ups don't really know what they're talking about. <laughs> what? No, really? <laughs> Imagine that. Um, of the two, I definitely prefer the one that they were going to cut, the one that's a little bit darker. That, to me, is the more definitive version. Um, not everyone has seen that one, but that to me, that is like the version and would have been very, very sad if they had never gotten to see the light of day. Was there anything else about the, I mean, Henry Rollins is in that film. Is there anything else about, you know, that and beyond return of the Joker that you really, that, that you really love, but you haven't had a second to really talk about or remember? Like, like I said, there was a word. What more needs to be said? You have like Mark Hamill at his absolute best. You have Terry McGinnis at his absolute best. It's, it's, there's just so much that it does right and so little that it does wrong, in my opinion, that I couldn't do anything but put it number one for me. Even that weird pseudo silence, that science with the neck thing that he doesn't bother me at all. Doesn't? Not at all. Fair enough. So, Thomas, number um, one. I'm predictable. Pretty usual. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, part one, part two for me. Uh, it's my favorite. Oh, uh, Paul, that's two movies. <laughs> Shut your pie hole, Kyle. Uh, no, it's I. My, it's my favorite book, and it's almost. It's not complete, but it's almost like page to movie. You know, and I, I mean that is like what everything in the books pretty much in the movie. They don't change very much. It's incredible. It's my favorite. It's my favorite Batman story. It's my favorite Batman, uh, a really cynical, mean Batman uh, dude that's been at it for a long, long time. And he still has his rule, but... He walks a fine line between his rule and like what he actually does to the people that get in his way of justice. Um, we get two of two of the best quotes, in my opinion, from Batman ever. They carried over from the book to film uh, when he's when he's fighting the the Nazi nipple mutant. We get the. You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table, and I'm the surgeon. Come on. Who says that in a fight? Could you imagine getting your ass beat after some dude says that to you? And then uh, the whole quote towards the end, spoilers, when he takes out Superman, and he's choking him out, and he says, I want you to remember, Clark, in all the years to come in your most private moments, I want you to remember my hand around your throat. I want you to remember the man, who, the one man who beat you. That's that's Batman. That's Batman 100%. And then Homeboy has a heart attack and keels over. But <clears throat> that film for me is it's it's it 100% for me. Like Rotten Tomato score 100%. If if I ran it, that's <laughs> I love it. I love it. Great film. Oh, question for you. Peter Weller as Batman, Michael Emerson as the Joker. Would you have preferred to have had in this film uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill, or does do Peter Weller and Michael Emerson really kind of do it for you in this film? 
because it's jarring at first, like you because you expect to hear Kevin Conroy's voice, but I you don't you hear Peter Weller from who was RoboCop. I think uh, I think if you would have asked me when it come out, I would have said I really wish I had Conroy and Hamill, but now that the animated film's been out for a while and I've seen it a few more times. I don't think I would change it. I, they, they really, it's Bruce is old. Like Batman's old and the way he portrays it, it's good to get a change. Like you actually get a change in the voice and he sounds old. He sounds frail. Like he's, he, he sounds like he, it really helps sell the whole, like, how long can he be doing this for? Like, he can't do this much longer. And the Joker, I think the Joker voice was the hardest to deal, like, the hardest to deal with just because it Hamill's voice is so, it's just the one that's pounded into your head. But the same thing goes with him. Like, he, Joker's an old man, too, and your voice changes and things get, like, deeper and lower and, I wouldn't change it now nowadays. If you asked me back then, yes, it was a problem. But now, no, I love it. Um, was there a action sequence? Because there's a number of action sequences, like at the very beginning, where you know Batman faces up against you know Two Face. He fights against you know uh, Commissioner Gindel, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, uh, the fight, you know, Batman and, and the mutants and then the final part was there an action sequence or moment that just like whoa this is i can't believe they made this like live like they translated this perfectly from page to screen it's a superman fight at the end it's definitely a superman fight the that i want you to remember in your in your most private moments like that that fight man if they if they could have i mean we we pretty much kind of seen it live action in BVS. Uh, it was it was pretty close, but that's that's the fight. That's the Batman versus Superman fight. I think of if you say Batman versus Superman, I automatic. I don't think about BVS. I think about Dark Knight Returns. Like that's the one. That's and the way that they translated that onto the screen is it works perfect for me. Um. Was there something that you, because I know it's your favorite book, Is was there something from the book that you wish would have been in the movie, like, the, the you know, the voiceover, or is there something that, that like, a, a moment or something that you missed from page to screen? I think the translation was so good between them that I don't even, I don't think twice about it. I mean, there's things that were left out, but there wasn't really much of major plot or of anything that didn't make it, you know? I mean, it, it was a perfect translation for me. Anything else before we jump on to my number one? What is your number one, Justin? So, like, this was a tough one for me. Like, on any given day, it's either Batman Beyond Return of the Joker or this one, and today, for some reason, I decided to pick Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Nice. Classic. Like, it's such... It's still revered as one of the best Batman stories. And at one point, it was considered the best Batman film. Like, you had Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman Robin, but that was, like, 
who are like, don't watch those, watch this. And I remember that as a kid. And see it as a kid, if I remember correctly. I think something came like a little bit later. Yeah, I saw it like on TV or something. They were showing it. And I remember seeing it. I was like, holy crap. You know, you know, seeing Batman put on, you know, the Cape McCall for the first time and, you know, Alfred Gasp. You can't believe it's t- so terrifying. Um, you see, you know, Bruce really, really hurt, you know, you know, other than just, you know, his parents' death, you know, something that's always weighed out, but hit for him to see him hurt when he gets the ring back and she's like, I can't marry you. I can't just, just, there's so much about that film that works and still, uh, still just, it's so hauntingly beautiful. Um, you know, seeing Phantasm, who, you know, like, I think we we got a glimpse of the Phantasm in Batman Year 2 or something, but it wasn't, like, really Batman Year 1 or something. If I remember correctly, um, we got that, but, like, they really turned it on its head, and I never suspected when I was watching it the first time that, uh, that it'd be a female behind it. It would be, it would be uh, Andrea Beaumont, I never, I never thought that. There's so much. I mean, you, we get to see like a, a like a mini Joker origin story. Um, we get, it was just a lot of good stuff in it. You know, Mark Hamill as the Joker, Kevin Conroy. You know, came out in 1993. Um, I just, I try, I'm trying to like muster the words to say how I feel. I love this film so much. Like I was telling you about like the killing joke and like if you were to show something about Batman, like this is why you should love Batman, I'd show you this. But in reality, it would be Batman, Mask of the Phantasm. Here, you know, or The Dark Knight or something like that. But this movie, you know, still, Batman kind of like struggles with being Batman throughout. Um, and that there's that scene where he is, you know, pleading with, his parents at the, his parents grave like i don't want this like i don't want this life that you know i promised you that i would give you like i i've sacrificed so much already i want a chance at love and then andrea's like i can't be with you anymore like i just can't you know she has to go off because of her family her father and you know seeing seeing bruce's like real first love and how it has tormented him throughout his life you know, really just strikes a chord because like, we've all loved and lost before, but to see him, see Bruce love and lose again, and you know, pleading at his parents' grave that like, this isn't the life that he really wants anymore, and then he just kind of after after Andrew leaves, he just kind of like this is my life now. I can't I can't hurt anymore like this. So you know, the end sequence where he's searching for. He's searching for Andrea, you know, the Phantasm, because Phantasm goes off against, you know, Joker, tries to kill the Joker. Um, and Bruce, as Batman, tries as much as he can to stop to stop that and just kind of see uh, how that kind of ends up kind of on a, on a different kind of – it doesn't end – it's, it's not a happy ending for, uh, for, for Bruce, you know. It was, mm-hmm. it was written by – one of our some of our favorites, you know, Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Marty Pascal, Michael Reeves, you know, 
you know, the Shirley Walker music at the beginning. That was like the first real like 3D sequence at the beginning of a movie. No, obviously we see that all now, but uh, but just that opening sequence. There's so much done right about it. Like I, there, like, I could probably spend like three hours just gushing over this movie. But uh, the, it's this isn't the episode for it. This is kind of like just the word listing off reasons um, about how much we love this movie. I mean, it came out on Christmas Day. In 1993, so. Huh. Um, you said that it was something that you've seen, like, a little bit later, like, not when you weren't a kid. Do you think you would like, have understood it as much had you have seen it when you were a kid? I think if I would have seen it when I was a kid, I would have liked it, but I probably wouldn't have loved it as much. Yeah. Um, you know, because obviously it's it's a much perverse world of Batman and Amateurs. It's all the same. It's pretty much all the same characters. We've all kind of kind of you know, we kind of grew on. I think, I, like, Batman and the series came out with, like, four or five. I think I finally saw Mass of the Phantasm when I was eight or nine. So oh, okay. So you're still a kid, yeah. Like, like I probably, I, I would have thought that, I probably would have thought, like, well, why does Batman love here? I would have been like, why isn't he not just punching Joker in the face? Where's Robin? Where are all these other characters? Um, why, you know, why are they at this world's fair and, you know, we see the Batmobile. That's not how I imagine the Batmobile being kind of like him, him thinking of that, seeing that first like car of the future and he kind of like dons that as his own Batmobile. Like that's not really how that is. Is it like, I have a lot more questions as a younger kid, Yeah. but as an like eight or nine year old seeing it for the first time, it's kind of like, whoa. Like, cause when you're, when you're that age, you kind of want to be that though. You kind of want to like, I want to drive, I want to stay up late. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to go to my friend's house. I want to spend the night. I want to do these things. I want to be an adult. And here you are with these adult themes and, you know, these adult, um, consequences to the, our actions you see. And you're like, Whoa, I think I want to just be a kid a little bit longer, but it doesn't do much. So, but man, it just, it just, like I said, it's it's always going to be a toss-up between Return of the Joker and Mask of the Phantasm. And just for today, Mask of the Phantasm is thinking about what that movie do, did. You know, if that movie—I don't think if that movie works, we get to the all these other movies that we've seen. I mean, obviously, at some point they were done like an animated film, but they took it serious. Like, like I remember listening to Famine on Batman with Paul Dini, and he's like. Yeah, we were just, you know, it was going to be straight to DVD, like straight to VHS. I was the DVD. It was going to be straight to VHS, and they're like, no, let's, like this, the story is really good. Let's let's put it put it out like theatrically. They don't do that really anymore. Like they don't have like wide releases like that. I mean, they they might have like a one night release for like The Killing Joke or a few showings here or there, but to throw it out there against like The Lion King or whatever movie was out at that time. The, they don't do that for Batman animated films anymore. So I don't know. Like, just I don't think that without that movie, we would have eventually gotten all these other things. It was serious. It's still one of the more darker. Obviously, there's R-rated Batman, you know, animated films, but still, like, it toes that line between being super old, super dark and serious to being just another staple of the animated series. So hats off to everyone involved there. I think I've said enough about that mask of the phantasm. 
for some strange reason, I feel like going and watching Mask of the Phantasm right now. <laughs> it's good. It's still good. Like that that opening. Like every once in a while, I'll, uh, I'll go on Spotify and I'll look up the Mask of the Phantasm soundtrack and I'll just listen to it. It's amazing. Um, the movie still holds up, and I I honestly wish that at some point we get a variation of that film, of uh, that animated film to live action. Like that'd be such a cool you know, either Elseworlds story, you know, like, that'd be awesome if, like, Ben Affleck, Don, that, you know, Cape and Cow for that, like, this is how I want to go off kind of thing, like, um, this is going to be my last Batman story, let's do Mask of the Phantasm, so. Mm. Um, so, we've heard some from some of you guys about some of your favorite films, but of the list we have given, uh, where, where, where does our list, uh, where do, they, where do they stand with you? Do you agree with us? Disagree with us? Should something that's number one on one of our lists be number three or four or last or not even on the list? Uh, let us know for sure. And you can you can always do that. Uh, tweet at us, channel on Bat. You can uh, send us an email. We're still on www.channelonbatman.com. Uh, Facebook. Facebook's kind of under construction right now. We're doing a few things behind the scenes. That's why we've been kind of like away. Things are happening progressing really fast um with that but twitter's still good it's just facebook is kind of in limbo right now we won't get into much detail on that but once once we have all that finalized um and good to go we'll let you know what's happening with that so make sure that you find you follow us on twitter uh, make sure that you're hitting on patreon trayvon sorry move me moving everything kind of got like mixed up and bejumbled so let's we'll get back on track with that we still need your updated address. We'll make sure we'll get that. I'm going to send you a direct message very, very soon. Get that new information from you. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at Batman Shanlin. You can find Kyle at Looting Kyle. You can find Tom at Batman Base Slap. And was, was there anything else that we need to plug before? We did we, it. We did it. We did it. Uh, <laughs> And so for episode, yeah, for episode 98, Channel on Batman, an old school episode. This one's in the can. Deuces. I am the knight. I am the man.